Hi guys, welcome back to Black and Bougie. I'm Leandra. And this is Sasha. And this is the seventh episode. What, and what? you know how we do. <laughs> Let's start this off with a random question. Are you ready? Yeah. So this random question will also pertain to this episode. So Leandra. Yeah. I want to know, what was your childhood career? What did you want to do as a child? I want to be an actress. That was the first mm-hmm. career I wanted to do. I want to be an actress. Why? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Because I loved Raven Simone from That's So Raven. And I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to like sing, dance. I wanted to be in the Cheetah Girls. I, it was really about the Cheetah Girls. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. <laughs> it was all about Cheetah Girls 1 and 2. We don't recognize Cheetah Girls 3. It did not exist. Oh. <laughs> um, But I definitely just wanted to be a Cheetah Girl. Also, I wanted to play dress up. I loved playing dress up. I loved pretending that I was in scenes from TV shows like Degrassi, The Next generation that's when Aubrey Graham was like Aubrey Graham not Drake and I and I would like remake scenes with like Emma and her boyfriend Sean <laughs> this is so embarrassing oh my god and I like when I see the movies and the movie theaters I'll put myself in like the scenes in the movies low-key I still do that it's embarrassing but I still do that I'm not gonna I don't do this the remaking of the scene thing but when I watch movies I definitely like I could do that I can be in the scene <laughs> <laughs> like so it could be any scene any scene it, it'll be like a superhero scene i'll be like i could do that no my my no my big ass cannot do that <laughs> i told you remember we talked about the rom-com i can envision you being in a rom-com falling down some stairs and being like oh i met the one i could definitely be in a rom-com i could definitely be in a rom-com because i i don't know i just feel like not even the falling down part but like the part where like the girl's a mess and the guys put together and you know she's trying to find like i'm that i'm that girl already so i'm a hot mess already so just put me in a rom-com that's the but no i actually i don't feel like i knew that he wanted to be an actress look at you you would have had all this money you definitely could have been my sugar mama first of all i realized i couldn't be an actress because in middle school i was in a play that was made up by middle schoolers like we wrote the play and i played Mm -hmm. a zombie madam cj walker and apparently, like, because it was after school program, so and apparently people watched the video back and was like, "You should never be an actress. You suck at this." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what? How did they tell a middle schooler that? Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, the teachers didn't tell me that. The kids did. Oh, kids are mean. Kids are assholes. But know. I was, but I was bullied, and so I took yeah. it to heart. And uh-huh. I, uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I should just do something else. I should try to be like... At one point, I did want to be a plastic surgeon. Uh, and that might have been random. before the actress thing, but I remember wanting to be an actress for a long time. And then after that, me wanting to be an actor, I wanted to be an architect. Oh, that's also kind of random. No, it's not. It's all in the arts, if you really think about it, except for plastic surgery. But Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, because who actively says, like, oh, I want to be a plastic surgeon, or who actively says, I want to be an architect? It's because at the time, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon at the time, mm-hmm. because um, my mom and I used to watch medical shows, and we used to watch this oh, okay. plastic surgeon, like, reality show, and he uh, did his, like, he performed on his wife multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be a plastic surgeon. That's cool. Okay. I want to remake someone's face. And then I wanted to be an architect, because it was in the arts and it made lots of like I knew it made lots of money mm-hmm. but I'm no good at math okay how about you um as a kid what did I want to do oh I only had two career paths and it never came into fruition Ooh, one yeah. of them can probably still happen uh one I wanted to be a soccer player and okay. yeah I don't know yeah I don't know why I just thought it was cool and I was like yo I can do this but then I realized I don't like to get hurt so <sighs> Yeah, I don't that that was never going to happen. Also, at the time, we all we did was play what's it called basketball. Okay, so basketball, tennis, handball, soccer wasn't like the coolest thing for a black kid to play. You know, that was more so like Latinx thing to do. But yeah, I just never got into it and I never had the opportunity to actually play it. Mm-hmm. I also want to be a children's author. Oh, that's so, cute. Yeah, I've always had that. I don't know why. I was like, I will be an author and I will write children's books and it will be awesome. And so that one could still happen. Eventually, I don't, Um, I want to say it could happen if I ever have the drive to do it. I don't have the drive. The book idea that I have been thinking about is more so an essay collection of like my life rather mm. than a children's book okay but if i were to do a children's book it would either be a picture book or be a ya contemporary novel or a middle grade book something along those lines 
Okay. That, that's still a possibility. I will ask you this. Mm-hmm. I do know that you at some point did weightlifting. Yes. Did you never want to be a professional weightlifter? God, no. I just did it for funsies. And because you look here, when a sister body is right, she got the lines and the cuts because of the weightlifting. So I'm dead. That's only, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the truth. That's the only reason why I did it. Because back in college, was it? That's when I really started taking my health seriously. Because I'm like, I'm paying this college all this money. I might as well use their gym. And so I used to just do a lot of cardio and a lot of Zumba. And I was like, okay, I want to try some other thing. So I started doing weightlifting. You know, I would try, I remember one funny story. I would try to go early in the morning or late at night, but most of the time it was early in the morning because the gym was clear and no one was up. So I was like, okay, let me go get my weight, like my weights in. I went wait late at night one night and the football team was there. And you know what? Those jocks. Oh my God. They were just like, huh, huh. like they wasn't even using the waist. They was just talking. I'm like, get out of my way. Y'all in oh, my way. Damn. Y'all hindering me from being so I hate when that happens. Like a bunch of guys just standing around in the gym right these dudes was big you know i don't think i was an ra to a lot of football players at the time i was ra to like the hockey team and the hockey team doesn't they have their own gym they don't need to train at the student gym but i was just like yo y'all lucky y'all big <laughs> that's it that's all i was like, <laughs> I like say like you're gonna actually do something y'all lucky y'all right. big <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so my little thugness <laughs> came out for a bit. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Let me sit down, sit my tail down. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> what was your last job before quarantine? My last job before quarantine. So I'm dead. Um, my last job before quarantine. I one thing I do give myself credit for in my career is that I stick to a job for a long time. So my resume isn't extensive, but I just had so many vast careers in different fields. So my longest job would have been with French Bakery that I used to work for. That was my last job, technically. And before that, you hear the silence, right? (laughs) Before that, nothing. (laughs) No. Before that, I used to be, I think it was my case manager job. I used to be a case manager for foster care. Yeah, Aww. that was my last job. Oh, don't all that. Don't all that shit. Nah. That, I mean, sorry. I commend people who can do it. I I did not have the heart to do it. And that's where I realized my shift in my career happened. Because yes, it was, it, it's a rewarding job, but it is a job that took a lot from me. And mind you, I only worked there for two months before I was like, I can't do this. And to be able to be like a case manager, a social worker, that takes takes a lot and that takes a lot of like spirit and passion to do that and I don't think I had it in me to do it and I also just didn't have a very positive work environment for me to want to continue on and to continue trying so that okay that was I understand it because the system the system does make it hard for even the workers to want to continue but I will say you don't have to sugarcoat it sis just say I hated it it sucked it's okay no I mean it's true these foster kids don't remember you like No, it's really true because it's, like I said, it's one of those jobs where it's like, I hated it, but for whoever could do it, kudos to them. I know I just didn't have the heart to do it. I remember when I put my resignation in, they was like, you sure you don't want to try another unit? Nope. <laughs> They're trying to move you around to find something you like. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with the system. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It was my first, what I technically considered a big girl job. Appreciated it. Like, I got to work in an office. Nah, it wasn't for me. Mm. Got to bring lunch to work every day. Had a refrigerator. Oh, we had a microwave. What was the worst thing that's ever happened to you at that job? Since that was your worst job. Uh, oh, that wasn't my worst job. Oh. But that was my, <laughs> the job I remembered. Ooh your worst job oh my worst job it would have to be it would either yeah no i think it was when i worked at build-a-bear workshop and it wasn't the kids if you don't know what build-a-bear workshop is it's basically what it sounds like it is a company where you get to build a teddy bear so they give you skins you get to sit on a machine stuff your bear you can put like a heart in it that has a heart you can put recordings in it different sounds you could dress up your bear and it was it was a beautiful process i to this day as an adult really enjoy it i really would love for like 
to take myself, to take my friends there just to be like, let's go build a bear. This is so exciting. And their bears are so soft and comfy. You can lay on them. And I'm a big fan of plushies and laying on them and like using them as pillows. But it was never the kids. The kids, yes, they can be problematic. Children, children are like loud. They are fast. They want to do everything. They're so in awe and so such an amazement. But it was adults. It was the parents that made that job hard. And I remember one time this lady left her child with me. What? What? Yes, I'm so serious. Oh she was God. like, hey, I have to go shop and I'll be right back. Could you watch her? I'm like, no. What? But before I can even say no, the lady done left. And I was just like, cool, sis, you really just left your whole child with me. So I have to walk around. Like, I'm supposed to be doing my job. My job is not to watch your child. My job is to make sure the store is nice and greet people if they need help. I got you, sis. Or I got you, bro. And now she's just like, hey, pay attention to my one child. And I, I watched that child because Lord knows I was young. I did not know what to do. I just listen because I'm like, if I walk away from this child, this lady come back, she either gonna beat me up or call the cops. But I don't first know. Of all, you're not, it's not you're not running a daycare center. Like <laughs> this is not the babysitters club. It's fucking build a bear. Right. But you know, you could have told that to sis. And then, yeah, no, I think that was one of my biggest things. It's also because they always gave me the night shift. You know, I'm a morning person. Oh, I hate okay. coming okay. and closing that store. That store is messy. But yeah. I, I don't think I ever hated my jobs. Hate I think more so, yes, it was always either, not even not, it doesn't always have to be my coworkers. It was always like the bosses or the clientele that made it hard. And I'm just like, ooh. You know why? Because ooh. in the quest to giving their child a great experience, parents are monsters. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable on one end, but on the other end from like, a customer service representative point aside it's also like sis relax like you are not the only one here trying to build a freaking bear for your child you're not the only one here that wants to do the clothes and the and the filling and the heart and you stay in a freaking line with your child mm-hmm. like you, i get it you know but on the other hand you know i guess they're trying to get their child she was just lazy i'm not gonna sit here and lie to you <laughs> she was lazy but I guess parents usually just want to give their child, like, a great experience. So they become monsters. This, and it's the same thing that happens, like, I feel like at experience jobs. Mm-hmm. In the quest to have the perfect experience for that day, people become hideous. So I'm going to actually add this little side note before you go on. I do remember one time I almost thought I died. What? Um, what? Yeah. Uh, so I was stuffing the bear. And if you've never been to build a bear, you step on a pedal to stuff it. And if you're not paying attention, because sometimes you can get super distracted or you can just start daydreaming. So I'm sitting here stuffing this bear, not paying it no mind. Like, then I do this all the time. I know what I'm doing. The bear flies off and the stuffing goes into my face. So you thought you died. So I'm sitting here like telling like, what? Did you say I prayed that I died? No, sis. Oh my no, God. No, I'm saying, so you thought you died? Oh, because the stuffing went in my face and I was like telling the child to stop, like get off the pedal. I remember looking at the child, the child's dumbfounded, like, oh my God, what's going on? So as I'm telling him to get it off the pedal, I swallow stuff it. So I'm just like, oh, oh. and finally I remember there's a knob to like, it will stop the machine. So I pulled the knob. I was like, mm, mm. and then I remember I swallowed the stuffing. I think they had to send me downstairs to get water. <laughs> yeah, so I might have How did it taste? My tummy. I was wanting to know how it tasted. What you mean, how did it taste? Sis, I didn't have time to taste it. I was dying. But like, going down your mouth, how did it taste? You worried about the wrong things. What? (laughs) I'm weird. Since I was a kid, I always wanted to know how like, because it feels, it looks like cotton candy, but it feels like, I don't know how to like, the the texture of like bear stuffing feels good to me. I'm weird. But I always wanted to know, but I never wanted to eat it because I'm not stupid. So I just wanted to know, since you accidentally swallowed it, how did it taste? For the viewers and the listeners out there, if you can see my face right now, I'm dumbfounded. I don't know how our friendship works. This is this is what I deal with on a daily basis. I can't remember how it tasted. I told you I was dying, so I just swallowed and kept it pushing. First of all, they should have sent you to the hospital or something or sent you home. Oh, yeah, no, nah, that was like, she ate. She yeah. young. She, she young, she'll stomach. bounce back. <laughs> sure enough, came back to work the next day like, hey, guys. Damn. So, <laughs> so my last job was actually at an experience in the Manhattan Mall. For legal purposes, I'm not going to say the name of this place, but it was a wine tasting experience. I will say that. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't want to say names. This was my worst job. It was my last 
job before Corona and my worst job. It was my worst job because it was messy, but it was also my most entertaining job because it was messy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I, I should have. So I should have known that this. I should have known. I was so happy about getting like a pay upgrade, and I should have known that it was like unorganized, messy, and unprofessional from the start. And also, not for nothing, the idea of the place is great. The idea of the place was amazing, like great, like it was smart. But mm-hmm. the execution was not always there for certain things. And I will say that I do feel like sometimes the people who owned it didn't want to change certain things because they were so stuck on their vision. That it's kind of like what you learn in art school. Mm-hmm. Don't like be married to an idea. Yes. You know what I mean? And I feel like they were married to so- certain ideas that were just not working. So we turned out to be a self-running place, meaning that we had no manager. For the longest time, we had no HR person. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And the CEOs only came, like, once in a month when they had, like, bigger events or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who really ran the place was, like, the supervisors and the shift lead. So a shift lead is... um, it's just the person who's like running the floor when the supervisor not on the floor because we had no managers. Yes. We just had supervisors and shift leads. Supervisors were who they are, supervisors. And one of the owner's brothers was, I guess, um, he was in charge of like the technical stuff, but he was technically a manager. Did we look at him like that? Nah. I'm not going to say her lie to you. Nah. So the reason why I say it was messy though is because when I first started, we had an HR person. Mm-hmm. We will say his name is Smith, okay? Yes, Smith. Because I can't keep up with like saying this person, this person. Anyways, so Smith, um, he hired me. He hired me at nineteen dollars mm-hmm. an hour. I was excited because my last job was only sixteen dollars an hour. So I was like, I'm, I'm moving on up. This is my blessing. Yada yada yada. I was also going through a hard time in life, so I actually need the extra money. And he put me on full time. He, you know, communication was not that great, but also he was the only HR person for a new, a new business. So I didn't like give him such a hard time then things started happening when i got there like paychecks were not being given on time at one point one of my managers had to give me money to get home yeah because i did not get my paycheck and i had no money i didn't know how i was gonna get home or come back to work and that was before that manager left so that's before like major we had like a full staff we had a general manager two like i don't want to say lower end managers but I guess they were supervisors, but they were, like, good at their job. We had, and and we didn't have, like, shift leads yet. Yeah. So. Which is weird, but okay. Well, we didn't have shift leads yet because, remember, it just started, so they don't know who to pick to be in those leadership roles yet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking, because they did um, have an experience the year before, before they made mm-hmm. it a permanent one, but it was, like, seasonal. Yes. So a lot of people from that, from that previous year came back. Like, some people, not a lot, but some. Okay. So, then what happened was... I think we did have shift leads. But anyways. So, then what happened was... the One of the managers, the one who gave me the $20... Mm-hmm. We'll call her Jay. Jay left to move to Texas. And then the other one, he was really nice. He just... He got fired. And then our general manager got fired. But our general manager got fired first. And then the other two left. And then... So, then it's up to... It's up to Smith to run this place, right? Something he did not sign up for. He's just the HR manager. And he's... Doing, and we're thinking, like, he's busting his butt. Like... And there was some, like, things sometimes where people would be like, some of my paycheck is missing and blah, blah, blah. And I would just ignore it because I'm like, whatever. Like, it's not, that's not my business. And then one day, Smith sends an email to the CEOs. There's two of them, a man and a woman. And he sends the uh, email to CEOs, but not just to the CEOs, to all of the workers. So we're all up in their business. And we were told that Smith was let go because he was stealing money from our paychecks and and sending it to someone else, a romantic partner. We were told that the reason why we wouldn't get our paychecks on time wasn't the the company they used to give out payroll. It was him not giving in the payroll on time. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was the company and that they were about to switch companies and they didn't have to. 
I will say though, when they let him go and they didn't switch companies and they stick with the company, we did end up getting our paychecks on time. So I will say he probably wasn't giving in those payrolls on time. Mm-hmm. Smith is furious and he sent us all an email saying, I basically, I heard what you said about me. It's not true. If that's the lie you want to go with, okay. But just to know that's not, that's not true. And I don't appreciate it. You still haven't given my, me my last paycheck. And I've contacted yeah. you for my last paycheck. He went mm-hmm. off. It got so messy. He got to the point where he sent an email saying, you're doing this because I'm black. I will write to the Al Sharpton about this um, injustice of treatment. Now, I'm not going to say that. In, I'm not going to sit here and say that what he said about being colored was not true. Mm-hmm. But we have to recognize this man stole money. <laughs> I fully wholeheartedly believe. I'm sorry. I wholeheartedly believe he stole money only because of the fact that our pictures was looking fine after the payroll was given in on time after there was no more talks and whispers of people stealing money after but he told all yeah. their business he said in those emails that they, they didn't have enough money to pay for the mortgage and that they were behind the mortgage payments and he showed us he screenshotted it the, and attached it in one of the emails he, <laughs> he said all of the new hires were white which is not yeah. true not all of the not all of our new hires were white there was like one black girl or whatever but <laughs> she was I guess because I'm not gonna say her lie My, that job was like low-key discriminatory because you know that like white liberal those white liberal people that's like we believe in equality but then when it's time to actually give it or when it's time to actually like show respect for it it's like mm, not today this is not the time and place yeah. that's that, in my mind that's who they were I'm sorry but it was just funny because this man mm. would often emails to the point where one of my CEOs had a Bumble and he screenshotted his Bumble and put in an email saying, I guess you're too busy on Bumble to give my paycheck or to respond to my emails. Oh, and he, no. And so I texted Smith. I texted Smith and said, Smith, tell me the truth. If what you're saying is true, how long do I have until we, until they like can't pay no more and we all have to leave? He said February 2020. Girl, now, 2020 is the year. It was the year, sis. You should have known after that it was going to be a problematic year. Oh my god! It, oh my god! It was. It was to the point like we were all sitting here like, oh my! I have the emails on my phone, guys. I still have these emails. It was like a series of emails, and he was talking a lot of, he, saying a lot of behind scenes secrets, saying how like they just fire people willy nilly, and that he said, of course you don't have anybody to replace me, which is true because if they were smart, they would have fired him with replacement. And we had no HR for like a good month and a half or more. Could have been more, could have been less. I don't remember. But the point is we, for a long time, we did not have HR. And then (laughs) we got a new HR, right? But then Mm -hmm. we also had uh, a fill-in GM. Remember my GM got fired. was like the first person to go. Yeah. And so my GM, she, uh, I mean, the the new GM, like the fill-in GM, he was a guy, Mm -hmm. he was from Florida. Well, he lived in Florida with his wife. And he was one of those, like, I don't know how to describe it. He had the energy of a recently divorced dad who remarried to a 20-year-old woman. He had that kind of energy. (laughs) Because his wife was in her 20s. I'm going to let that simmer in. But he was okay, I guess. He was nice to me. I'm going to just say that. Mm -hmm. But he, when when he first came, he gave this big speech. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you could tell, like, he took himself way more seriously than it needed to be. But it was also kind of entertaining. Like, this whole thing was entertaining. So we called Smith season one. So when the new GM came, the fill-in GM, that was season two, right? <laughs> season two was crazy. Mm-hmm. Because season two, after the, the fill-in GM, he did get the place back on track. He, a lot of things he got back on track. And I will commend him for that. He did get it together. And because it, it was a hot fucking mess. It was Wild Wild West before him like the beginning of season two was crazy mm-hmm. so when he left he went back to Florida with his wife because his wife didn't want to move to New York that's the reason why he didn't stay and he said if his wife wanted to move up here he would have but no so what happened was we became a self-sufficient running experience with shift leads and two supervisors like two or three supervisors and it was working great right until we call it the Thanos snap because half of our staff got fired what we we legit call it the Thanos snap because only half of us got fired you know how Thanos like snapped half of the population Mm -hmm. that's what 
our CEOs did to half of our staff. And there were good workers too. But then the reason why oh. they did that, the reason why they did that is so they could bring in people on and who were worked for eighteen dollars an hour. Because people that they fired were working for twenty and above. Oh damn. Yeah. And and a couple of those people I knew personally that like they're my friends now. So that's season two. Um the finale of course of season two was I guess when we had to like leave because of corona i don't know (laughs) but what's crazy is when i told my cousin one of my cousins he was doing my taxes Mm -hmm. and i told him about it and i said it's crazy how they fired half my staff but then they wanted to like they're building a whole new experience on the other side and they're trying to expand to dc and he said so what they're doing is building up the company off of the backs of the fired employees he says not right but that's what they're doing it sounds like that's what they did that's that's what yeah but also like the, but also like the if you're gonna build up your company off of the backs of my fired friends then also get better props also build better walls like at the end of the day like like if you really looked at the place it was broken it, everything broke mm-hmm. everything we had like a person in charge of like the design of the place she was always running around I heard she was on crack or doing cocaine I don't know how true that was but those are rumors I heard Jesus one of my <laughs> those are things I heard <laughs> oh oh update on Smith he ended up getting a job on for HR HBO mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say that but but and but he's doing he's still doing well for, well for himself that's the point so I do believe I do believe a lot of their problems because we had a meeting after Smith left about his emails mm-hmm. and I do believe a lot of the problems like the problems that he was saying that they had I believe they had it like I do believe because they were like we have a what did he say what did they say they said they had a deal with the building that they mm-hmm. can pay they, they'll pay basically when they pay because they were approached to be in this building so because they were trying to upscale the area and if you know where the Manhattan Mall is it's by Penn State across from Penn State and on that 33rd area 32nd 33rd area and there's a lot of like homeless outside a lot of like I went to a prostitute fighting with her pimp going to work so there's a lot of troubled people in that area if you will call them so they they were trying to claim that because they were trying to bring a certain clientele and this is when I was like "Mm, this sounds kind of racist but what he said was they wanted to bring a certain clientele and then if you notice every time they had like big events and big events that they deemed important not not like group events that were actually like recurring customers the customers that like truly love the place which happened to be dark-skinned black women or black women or co- women of any color mm-hmm. the ones that they were like this is so this is an important one this is an important would be like groups of white people from corporate america mm-hmm. so in that way not to say they're racist but not to say they're not and then when we asked the black people asked my friend at the time when she worked there we asked like he's you know said like you about the racist comments like what do you say about that and it was a, a very we we love all people type of answer mm-hmm. another red flag <laughs> i was just like okay so basically i do believe he was stealing but i also believe they put a lot of their any issue that they had that he brought up they put that on him Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, they were CEOs and they did. And we signed an NDA. I forgot to mention this, people. We signed an NDA before we started this meeting about Tyrone. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, Smith. <laughs> before we started this meeting, I gotta cut that out. But before we started this yeah. meeting about Smith, we signed an NDA. Let that fester. We had to put our phones on another, another, on another table and cut them off. Let that simmer in. So if you have nothing to hide, why are we signing NDAs and why are we putting our phones to the side. That's a, actually an important question to ask now. Since you signed the NDA, can you talk about this at all? Well, I'm I'm not saying names, mm-hmm. but we signed an NDA to not talk about like the new upcoming shit. Okay. Um, at the that at the time was coming, but it shut down. So who gives a fuck? But anyways, so. <laughs> And he ended up finding out what they said anyway. And we thought like, oh my God, is it because... And a lot of people who took notes that we were sharing the notes from the meeting. And a lot of people took notes like, oh my God, I'm gonna get fired because I took notes. And I'm like, bitch, you're not gonna get fired because you took notes. It turns out he still had the password to like the the speakers and stuff. And he heard in on the meeting. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. Smith was crazy. Smith was 
fucking insane. So, I mean, also kudos to him because I want to know what the fuck they said about me too. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. So I do, so like, so what they said was, this is somebody we trusted, this is somebody like, and remember I said they only came to the experience as CEOs of a small business. They only came to the experience once a month, if that. Mm-hmm. And so you would think they're coming every day to check up on the business, to check up behind their employees, to check up to make sure everything's running smoothly, right? You're a new small business. But they were like, well, it's all Smith's fault because we entrust them with the business. We entrust them with this and that and that. But in my mind, it's still your fault because you were the CEOs. You're so, they, they even said that he said there were days that they were like, he was like, don't come in. If I'm the CEO, I'm still fucking coming in. Because why are you telling yeah. me? That's that's a red flag. Why are you as an employee, my employee, telling me not to come in? Mm-hmm. Or telling me you don't have to come in? Now I want an extra checkup on my business to make sure it's good. Yeah. But they weren't... It, it was obvious that they were not checking behind books. They were not checking behind logistics. They were They were not. They thought they could just, like, have the place, hire everybody to do shit for them, and leave when they wanted to, and come in when they wanted to, and say, oh, look, we own something. Mm-hmm. And that is what infuriates me because I do believe that he stole that money. But I also do believe that the problems that he said in those emails were their fault. Mm-hmm. And that when they pin, I feel like they pinned it on him because he was caught stealing. And they said, oh, good time to pin it on somebody. And, and then their excuses just sometimes just did not make sense. So we all stuck with the story that we don't know what's going on because we didn't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's so much information you you actually didn't know what to believe, and we didn't know what to believe. Like, and I still like to this day don't know what to believe. But like, I'm gonna say <laughs> they played they played this nigga like a fiddle, like a fiddle. They played this man like a fiddle. I will say that. Dang, that's deep. Like I'm telling you, white people know how to pin the blame on somebody. It's like pin the tail on a donkey. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> But that was my most entertaining slash worst job experience. <laughs> well, that put all mine to shame. Um, <laughs> I don't have any conspiracy theories going on. Uh, people weren't getting fired for being like, I don't even know. I'm so confused. Like, people were getting fired. It's the fired. fact that, like, they fired half of my staff and then came to us saying, listen, guys, we don't have a lot of staff. Can we all work together? You fired half of the staff! Yeah. But they were like, you know how like, you know how like in movies the villain is like, I really don't want to hurt you, and then they shoot the person, and they're like, look what you made me do. That's exactly how it felt being in that scenario. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then, and then, and then, what made it worse is that the CEOs we don't even know if they liked each other because <laughs> because they they had a history of that they used to date, and which I was surprised at because. The male, the male CEO, I did not know he liked women. I'm gonna put that mm-hmm. out there. And I still, to this day, don't, like, I, I know, of course, he's probably, like, bisexual or something. Or he probably is straight. But I just did not see, like, women loving, like, when I see him. But whenever we had, like, because we used to have these things called sibling learns. Where, like, mm-hmm. of course, we sit the wine and learn about the region and stuff like that. And so she was a very bubbly person, the woman. And she was, she was actually very sweet. But she was very mm-hmm. bubbly, very, like... You know, always you could tell when she gets excited about stuff, she just starts talking, and that's what would happen. Like she was like, "Oh my god, tell me about this," or "Oh my god," like she would say a factoid that like happened to not be completely true. At one point, he and I said, "Oh my god!" One at one point, he said to her, "He said, do you want to finish a story?" And we were all like, oh, "Jesus!" And I, I even like after we all got like laid off, uh, <laughs> I. I still like say to this day like did they did he like her like did he like like her as a person because the way he sometimes talked to her was kind of like like at one point he said I'm talking it was very oh. like it was very condescending and demeaning I mean, and they, they like, probably got into it but they also like slept together like they were dating at one point that's what I'm saying they probably got into it and ended messy he's just like nah I remember she the girl that either broke my heart or she got on my nerves but I but here's the thing like. I get it because they weren't dating when they were CEOs I don't think but Mm -hmm. I will say this we all looked at him like oh my god man damn it was to the point where I was looking at her like girl get a backbone (laughs) like say something back back? no she was just like no sorry sorry I'm like (gasps) lady if you don't tell him who he's talking to 
Mm-mm. This is going to be a really random side note, but it's going to remind me. I was watching Married at First Sight, and that's what <laughs> one of the couples did. No, I'm so serious. When the guy, when the guy was talking to his wife, if you don't know what Married at First Sight is, you get paired up with someone, you get married, you have eight weeks to decide if you want to get a divorce or not. So this one girl, she was talking a lot, talking a lot over. It was at some NASCAR event. That don't matter. What matters <laughs> is the guy was like, "Shut up! Why can't you just shut up?" And everyone was like, but that was the energy. That was the energy he had. That was energy my male see. I'm sorry. Like, and if they ever listen to this, this is what I really thought of you. I'm like, I was nice to them. But at the end of the day, man, you were kind of demeaning. I felt like there was some misogynistic undertones in that relationship, professional and or otherwise. Because at the end of the day, no man is going to sit here and yell in front of my subordinates at me. Mm-hmm. My employees. Mm-hmm. That's just embarrassing. Definitely. So the fact that he felt confident enough to be like, can you let me talk? Like, oh, okay. Right. So speaking of, we're still on a topic of jobs. What was your best job? The best job you've ever had? Oh, oh, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I really... I love jobs where I can work on things that challenge me. It After a certain point, it became redundant and repetitive. It was like, why Why am I doing this? Yeah. It's a waste of my time. So back in college, I think one of my best jobs I ever had was a... I used to work in a lab, oddly enough. And what I did was I did a lot of data entry. I did a lot of organization. I cleaned a van. I <laughs> cleaned a house because the I'm not going to say like what department it was, but they had a house and we cleaned it and we kept, they kept like artifacts there. And it was mm-hmm. always so fascinating. It wasn't my career. Mm-hmm. Like at one point I did want to do that career, but then I switched, mm-hmm. but I loved working in a lab. I love working with the team so much. They would take us on digs. Mind you, like I said, it wasn't my career, but they'd be like, nah, we bringing Sasha along. She already know what to do. She already know the setup. I'm like, damn, say less. I got this. (laughs) Teaching all the like freshmen like, oh yeah, I don't do this. Like, this is not going to be my degree, but I can teach you either way. So that always felt really, really nice. We also had an office cat. So the cat was <laughs> cranky as crap. Love that. I would love to work in a museum, actually. Really? I, I love museums, and I, w- I would love to work in a museum. Like, I've actually applied to museums, mm-hmm. but I haven't had anything back. I don't think I've tried hard enough to uh, apply, though. But i definitely going to look into that. But I love museums in general. I love art museums, historical museums. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot wait to go to a museum again. I think it's the is open, isn't it's it? A part of, it's, well, it's a part of, like, the visual learning thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, like, one, like, actually at the Met, one of my favorite exhibits is the mythology exhibit. Mm-hmm. The Greek mythology. It's huge, though. So, it's like, you can go in there a thousand times and still not see the same thing. It's huge. Yeah, I honestly, I want to say, it's not the MoMA, but the Met is open so if you ever want to take a trip to the museum you know i don't like museums i don't particularly care for them how do you not like museums i don't know it's one of like we've had this discussion before i know but how it's just i've never took to museums i don't know it's like i don't i like for and she was always pointing out for someone like you sasha how come you don't like museums i'm like oh i don't know sis see i I don't don't get it but i get it (laughs) <laughs> I know I get it because like you are a book learner like you read all the time and so people like you can pick up things from words and you don't you don't you necessarily don't have to see it yes. you know what I mean but I don't get it because of the fact that you read <laughs> and you like and you like interesting facts and museums have interesting facts <laughs> so I, I get it but I don't get it but I, I okay cool <laughs> All right. So give us those three random questions, Sasha. You know how it is. Hey. All right. So I do have the random questions. Mm-hmm. I want to know, what do you think? Oh, excuse me. What do you think drives me? So career wise, what do you think drives me and vice versa? Oh, that's a good one. What I think drives you and I'm not going to say completely, but a quarter of it is money. 
That's right. <laughs> no shame there. <laughs> the money, no that's shame. right. <laughs> no shame. A quarter of it is happiness. And I think half of it, what drives you is independence and stability. Yes. Okay. I concur. So like it drives me? The money. <laughs> yes. Uh, money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that, that has to be in there a little bit. I understand like, you know, do what you love, but make that money at the same time. I'm going to be honest, 50% what drives me in my career is money. Nobody, like, y'all, 50%. Y'all don't know this, but I, I aspire to be rich. I aspire to be like, not eat the rich, rich, but I want to be a billionaire. But like, I want to, but I want to be taxed. But here's the thing about like, when they make these laws for like billionaires and stuff, I always feel a little like hurt because I know one day I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> Myself, which I was like, but do we have to? But because I'm poor now, I see it from like a poor person's point of view. Mm-hmm. But I want to be rich. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to. I want to own things. I want, just go on, Sasha. What else do you think? <laughs> before before we keep talking about money, another thing is passion. So we've talked about how you aren't set in stone with what you want to do long term because you have so many ideas mm-hmm. that you're passionate about so i believe mm-hmm. passion is another factor yes and also just being your own businesswoman so being entrepreneurial mm-hmm. that's another thing that drives you i can see it now you having your different side hustles you making money from real estate you being this big time like makeup artist while still doing graphic design so you're just being everything and everything and okay. yeah that's what i think drives you money is the most important thing but once you get that you're just gonna i feel like you're just gonna venture out into different aspects also when i like reinvest my money i'm the type of person like if i make my first million i'm not gonna spend it i'm gonna spend like half of it and the half i'm gonna reinvest into something mm-hmm. whatever it is okay <laughs> <laughs> that's another question <laughs> All right. These are fun. <laughs> what is one thing you think I can change right now to earn more income besides get a job? <laughs> My petty ass is really going to say that dumb shit too. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, like Beyonce says, on my demon time, she might start her OnlyFans. <laughs> That's, listen... They're making bread right now. I always wanted to, um, like, I'm just saying, I always wanted to do, like, a foot fetish OnlyFans. But, honestly, I just think you just need to just really push, push for more, like, jobs. Like, basically, like, push to, like, apply to more jobs, even to jobs that you don't think you wanted. Mm -hmm. Because I've always told you this, (laughs) and I said this in a previous one, I've always thought you'd be a great literary agent. And I feel like you're stuck on the social media and marketing aspect. But venture out and look into internships in like other areas of publishing that you might have thought you didn't like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Only be- and I say that only because you don't know what you don't like until you try it. Very true. And, and I only Very think of that career wise. Like I don't think of that anywhere else but career wise. And this is for everybody. You do not know what you don't like until you try it. And you might surprise you. There are people who make careers out of things they did not think they can make a career out of, like glass blowing, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, I don't know. Just try it. See what happens. No, and I was thinking about you, and honestly, I don't know with you. You are more adventurous than I am. So, you are willing to try different job titles, different fields to bring in income. That's the one thing I really do admire. You know, once I'm set on something, I'm just like, that's all I'm going to do. I don't feel like doing nothing else. But you're just like, hey, I can try this. I can try this. Oh, that didn't work out. So, maybe I should do this just to bring in more income. And I think that is is wonderful. You know why? Why? Because I'm a hustler, baby. I'm dead. <laughs> Go try your OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm, 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 so I'm thinking of pedicure. I'm thinking of pedicure. I have to make sure my feet look good. I got to get the treatment done before I do the OnlyFans. But I am thinking about starting like a foot fetish OnlyFans. I'm not going to say her lie to you. Like, just take a picture of my foot. I'm gonna, I am gonna. want to kind of do it with like food too for like the fatties. Um... And just like like whipped cream and like <laughs> no like like how like whipped cream on my foot and like just have different foods oh, on my what? foot like squish them on my foot. Man, that's freaky. You nasty. People would pay for that. There is a niche for everything in sex. There's a kink for everything. everything. There, there it is. And I have chubby feet. Well, they're kind of chubby. And so Girl. there's a niche for that. Mm-hmm. 
Like, there's a niche for everything, so. I mean, look it up. Do your research, fool. You know, people don't do that. I did. I, I did look up how to start, uh, like, a foot fetish OnlyFans. And you, mm-hmm. you first have to start as a cam girl for foot fetish. And you have to go on cam girl sites and, like, tag, like, foot fetish, foot fetish only, blah, 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 to bring in the customers. And then what you do is, like, go on my OnlyFans for more, stuff like that. So that's how you bring in an uh, audience. Okay, I mean, I won't be mad at you, sis. I support it. Do you, boo-boo? <laughs> For me, it's not the ideas that I have lack of. It's the motivation. Because sometimes I'm just like, am I motivated to do this, though? Every day? I'm dead. Get messages from these freaks? <laughs> I mean, hey, if they willing to pay your tuition, if they willing to buy you a car, buy you a house. Right. Do you, boo-boo? Right. Also, another way I want income by not working is I want a sugar daddy. I'm tired of working. I'm so tired. I'm tired of being an independent black woman. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everybody's always like, independent black... Yes, I'm an independent black woman, but I'm tired. Like, sometimes you want to take a break from being independent. I am struggling. (laughs) I'm struggling. Come and help me. Buy me things. Pay my tuition. Pay my rent. (laughs) Pay my rent until the end of the lease. Right. That's that's, that's my dream. That would, like take up a lot of what am i trying to say if they if you that would take a lot of pressure from you right honestly that's my dream i just that's my dream to uh actually just have a sugar daddy to pay my rent for the rest of my lease so we can save up to move (laughs) so you heard her first guys if you know anybody looking she a girl Right, but also I want them to be able to have fun because I don't want a boring sugar daddy. What is what would you consider a boring sugar daddy? Like a boring sugar daddy is just somebody who's like too old to go note somewhere. You know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like an entertaining sugar daddy is someone who like takes you on trips and like takes you to new places. Not like pl- not necessarily out of the country, but just new places mm-hmm. in general, just for entertainment purposes, like to the theater and like stuff like that and the ballet. Mm. someone who like helps culture me you know what I mean so when I'm rich I can I'm not ratchet (laughs) okay I mean you're not ratchet in general so I don't think that would really like change you know what I mean like someone to class me up a bit you know pretty woman me oh you know if you get etiquette classes can I come with you oh my god that'd be so great but see I don't want to pay for it (laughs) I don't want to pay for it that's the point Sasha that's what I'm saying. Like, if you get a sugar daddy, can I be, like, your plus one for that night? Like, he not expecting nothing, right? I don't know. But see, because, like, I, uh, I wish there was such thing as, like... Because there is such thing as, like, a platonic sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest. I don't know how many of them exist. So you might have That's to suck true. dick in a movie theater. Um, I'm not about that <laughs> life. I'm happily partnered with somebody. and He won't mind. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Save up for his dreams, you know what I'm saying? This is the last question. Oh my god. (laughs) No more sugar daddy talk. That's a job in in and of itself, having a sugar daddy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I haven't done it, but it's kudos. Or I want to be a financial dominatrix. Oh, I heard about this actually. A financial dominatrix. is someone who controls your like controls the person's money so they'll be like buy me this or send me this much money or like spend money on this it'll be like unnecessary shit so you can be like buy me a ps5 and they would Uh, what's what's people on the ps5 i don't want a fucking ps5 i want him to pay i want a ps5 we're not worrying about you right now we are because i would i would be doing the work i also i would love to be a dominatrix i'm not gonna say a lot of you I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to be a dominatrix. Like the, the leather, the latex. That's the perfect. Corsets. Perfect. Make your clientele. Buy me a the PS5. Whips, chains. Like, I feel like they'd be rich anyway. They have sources. Leashes. So it's good. Put them on a leash and be like, and have the phone and have the phone in front of them. Oh my God. <laughs> and then be like, send this much money. Buy this on Amazon. We dump shit too. Buy a butt plug on Amazon that you're never going to use. Huh. Amazon sells butt plugs. But it's because it's, they're usually, usually it's these people who have money and they want to not have control for a while. No, that's very fair. Mm-hmm. And then not only would I say send me money, I would also 
make them pay a fee. So like, the fee will be like, what, $2,000? And they have to send me money during during the session that I will not give oh, back. Wow. So you really thought about this? I've actually thought about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's also a job because I looked it up. Getting into dominatrix is really hard. You have to have experience in sex work. Mm-hmm. You have the experience in the right dominatrix place because there. I, I read there's a lot of places where like you can apprentice, apprenticeship for someone and because it's such a competitive field there are people who are very catty and make you feel lesser than and it's in a way it's kind of toxic i didn't know all this oh we're we're going to revisit this in the future because this is <laughs> i am so enlightened right now mm-hmm. oh my god yeah i thought about it mm, you, you researched you was ready i was ready i also at one point wanted to be a sex phone operator mm-hmm Yes, I know this. <laughs> I researched it. I applied, actually. Didn't get the job. Why? I don't know. Maybe my voice wasn't sexy enough at the time. But, like, my friend, my best friend, um, actually, she was coaching me how to sound sexy. She was like, Lynch, you have the voice for it. You just have to know how to work it. So, she told, give an example. Told, how do you sound sexy? So, like, I was just, like, she was like, how do you, like, how would you say hi? And I was like, hi. And she was like, no. You say more sultry. Example. Like, what does I that can't mean? Get, I can't do it on a, okay. Like, the way she was coaching was like this is not mad dumb so you're gonna laugh okay but the way she was coaching me was just like to say like hi like to say like hi my name is like carrie right so it'll be like mm-hmm. hi there wait wait hold up hold up hi my name's carrie like <laughs> but like sexier because obviously that's not sexy but like sexier like hi, hi my there? name is karen carrie <laughs> Right, and then you need to stop. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's not sexy at all. Like I know it's not. But for a while, I wanted to get into like anonymous sex work. Dead. No, we're gonna have to revisit that. This is awesome, and we're gonna have to learn how to speak sultry that's on the saying. podcast for that episode. Hi, my name is Sasha. <laughs> you, like, you know, you sound like you sound like remember Shrek to the ugly stepsister, bitch. <laughs> That's how you sound. Oh my god, I can't even. I can't even do that with a straight face, Lord. I couldn't either. That's why I fucked up. But that's what I'm trying to say. Like she was like coaching, but at the time she said, but at the time like I had gotten it right, and she was like just talk like that. I didn't really like invest too much time in trying to find a job in that area, only because of the fact that I was also scared I might get a stalker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. (laughs) So what's the last question? girl like uh i feel like i asked this question already but it's always good to revisit so what do you think our future career holds oh you have like, that what do you question. see yeah i did ask but another this one now, no ask another one i mean i don't have any other one so what do you think okay now oh, oh my god no oh my god that's fine oh i told you this before future career successful dang that's it yeah, I've, I've answered this question me. before. I'm thinking about me. I'm over here thinking about, damn, my friend is going to be amazing. She can be an entrepreneur. You just like, yeah, you'd be successful, sis. You'd be all right. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> okay, guys, it's been episode seven. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Have a good one. (laughs) Bye.